We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dan Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. We are at the Wynn Hotel here in Las Vegas at Summer League. I'm joined by Timberwolves President of Basketball Operations, Gerson Rosas, and Timberwolves Head Coach, Chris Finch Gerson. I was thinking about it. The last time we were able to do one of these in person was after your very first game as the president of basketball operations, the Timberwolves. It was the season opener 2019. You guys won in overtime at Brooklyn, and we chatted. There's been, I think, 135 games since then. Where has just, it's been the most unique two years. How, like, what do you even, where does your head even go when you're looking back thinking about this this time? You know, it's so interesting you uh, present it that way, and it's great to be live in, in person with you, Dane, after yeah, thank you. a crazy year. Uh, but no, you couldn't make up what's happened these two years. Like, <laughs> to this day, we still haven't gotten 82 full games in a season yet right. after two seasons. And, uh, you know, the challenges of the pandemic, which everybody has gone through, uh, you know, whether it's not being able to be part of the bubble and what that took away from our development. Uh, no summer league over the last two summers, really, uh, in a lot of ways. You know, for a young team, one of the youngest teams in the NBA, not to have that, that opportunity or that platform. It's been tough, but, you know, you can only control what you can control. Uh, even though those two years have been a lot of, of uh, lessons and learning and development, it's good for us. It's good for the organization. It's good for where we're at now. Uh, I see the stage that we're at going into our third year where it's a time of growth, Mm-hmm. And, and and taking steps forward and having Coach Finch here now, having the group that we have, uh, the continuity, the focus on seeing that vision come to pass excites me in that I really feel like we're in a situation where we're due for some good breaks and some good health. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like uh, at some point, like, uh, you know, like – what what other plague is lying around here around right. the corner but in sports anything can happen good and sure. bad and you just want to put yourself in a position where you're prepared you can control what you can control and take advantage of opportunities as they can and we've got a good group on the court we've got a good group off the court they've worked really hard uh, they're working really hard to prepare for next season they're showing some really good 
teammateness downstairs at the roulette table right before well, you guys came up. Hey man, skill development is, is a very skill diverse process. <laughs> uh, Chris, so you are now a new character in this story, but a main character. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the two years for you have been equally insane, just mm-hmm. in different areas. It would have been New Orleans, to Toronto, which is really Tampa Bay, yeah. <laughs> to, to now to now Minnesota. I mean, do you feel is it? Are you still in whirlwind mode? Or I kind of get the vibe from you that it seems like things are starting to settle down for you a little bit. Yeah, definitely settled down in a bit of a groove now. A lot of work. Um, you know, every day is extremely different. Just the off season's crazier than the season, and that was crazy enough. Um, <laughs> Just got you guys great... did get two days off between games here. It's right, right. Really that's right. That's, all that's a good year. break's coming to fruition, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to watch the team play the other day because that's what it's all about. But, yeah. we, you know, we've been busy putting together a staff, busy spending time with our guys, you know, busy trying to get ready and get our whole of our processes and our, uh, you know, our approaches and our philosophies and schemes kind of in line so we can roll it out in September which is going to be here by oh but you know right around the corner like <laughs> so it, it's been it's been crazy but honestly Dane like it's never not been crazy in my life in coaching it's mm-hmm. always been something you know. what was that uh what was that 10-year quote that you gave yeah um you know someone once told me that overnight success takes 10 years yeah i like that and it's really true it's you know it's uh, if you're lucky you get it in five but more, more it's more it's been more like 10 i feel like that's applicable to uh, that's not just a sports thing right like right. i mean anybody who's gotten anywhere in anything i think yeah. <laughs> they had the idea oh if i make it i'm gonna i mean gurus the same thing for you too in 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 the time it's the grind and along the way but also chris the way you put it is like those 10 years to get here weren't bad no right? not it's, at the all. Jordan, it's the journey of a lifetime yeah. or whatever as they say and it, it forms the foundation of what allows you to be high maintenance like they were accusing me of <laughs> earlier you know all the all those experiences you know add <laughs> up to joke. your yeah <laughs> add up to your ability right now and your confidence to do what you need to do you know right. so so what's what's next guys i mean it's this this is the season ahead of you i think from a fan perspective a, a me perspective it's you know it, it's hard to know what this team is going to be and i think people like myself or people following the team are we can be guilty of kind of nitpicking things looking at the margins and and that when really this is probably so much about carl d'angelo and anthony all getting on the floor and actually playing basketball together which mm-hmm. they've done very little of over these 12 months when you were here or when ryan was here and right. so Gerson, i think you said that to john that that's kind of that's kind of where the growth of this yeah. team comes from next season if that's to happen correct absolutely and not just for us but 29 other teams in the nba you only go as far as your high-end talent takes you and uh, we've we've worked a lot to put our guys in this position uh, and now it's time for their growth and development the exciting thing for us is these guys are in a stage other than Ant between 24 to 26 years old where typically historically guys take steps forward and there's growth upside um, they're not 30 to 33 and there's more downside than upside which is what excites us uh, but at the end of the day it's their maturation uh, their development 
there's a lot of motivation. Um, since Coach Finch has been around, there's been an edge, there's been an urgency to our group. It's how we finish the season, how we've handled this off season of really working to earn what we want. You're mm -hmm. not going to win just because you want to win or you feel like you deserve to win. You got to go out and earn it. And, uh, you know, I, none of us expected to have two years where Cat misses the most games of his career. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but that's your best player. And once right. he's gone, it doesn't matter how much depth you have, you can't cover that win impact. And looking at, you know, having D'Angelo, having Ant, uh, having Fees, uh, having uh, Jaden, uh, you know, the growth of that core. Uh, we have young guys we're very excited about uh, that our system fits in what we want to do, but we need the reps, we need the time, we need the growth, and we need the development. And that only happens with time. Like, you can't mm -hmm. cheat that. I, our, our job on the front office personnel side, our staff, is to continue to build the, the roster as best as we can and to be aggressive in every facet. Now, just because you're aggressive doesn't mean you can execute or you're going to execute for the sake of doing something. Mm -hmm. It's got to make sense around our core, around our philosophy, you know, around our resources, uh, and, and that's what we're trying to do day in and day out. But specifically to your question, this season is about taking that step forward, mm -hmm. and our guys, our top guys leading us there, uh, not only on the court, but off the court, but what we're all about. So, Chris, for you, when and we could talk about the whole roster, but when you think about Cat, Ant, and D'Lo, and, and what you can create with them, does your mind go to what you saw from them in the 300 minutes they played together at the end of the season? Or are you kind of almost envisioning like what it would be to coach against them? Because you, you've coached against them all, all separately in that way. Like, I guess, what way, in what ways do you think about that trio on, at the top of your team? Yeah, I would trend more towards, you know, the, the, the number of games we were able to play together at the end of the season. Sure. Give us um, a little bit of a peek into who they can be together. Um, I mean, having tried to game plan against them all uh, certainly helps, but I feel like their skill sets like kind of beautifully mesh together and they really accentuate each other in a lot of ways. Um, and we just need, you know, some low usage, high impact guys around them. And that's not to mm -hmm. you know, dis disrespect anybody that's on the floor, but you know, we want to play through Cat. You know, we want to use D'Lo in two capacities as like the point guard and also off the ball. And we want to grow Ant's impact in, in in usage anyway. I mean, what he's been able to show. So there's a lot of things that we're able to try to do. Um, and, you know, it might be matchup driven based on who has the best matchups. Uh, it's definitely going to be system driven. We want to value you know, their ability to pass and share the ball and share the space on the floor. We like that about all of them. They're great, really good passers. Um, and they like to play with each other. Like, the thing that's impressive is there's no jealousy amongst any of our top three guys. And um, when you Doesn't have seem that, that way. No, yeah, and it really isn't. Um, and uh, we've, you know, used different guys to close games with, which is, which is uh a luxury when you have three guys you can put the ball in their hands and get a bucket you know? you've talked about kind of the concept of, of blending personal like you were just talking about that was high impact low usage yeah. guys and 
I, I feel like what, what you've said before was you could have like one unit that is more offensively driven and another unit, maybe that's the second unit has is more sort of defense and Gers. I was thinking about it in the context of Houston, which wasn't that. It was kind of blended in one lineup, right? Where you had you had James and Chris, and then you had your high or <laughs> High-impact, low-usage guys yeah. in, in Tucker, Bamute, and Ariza. Th- those are different things, right, what I'm describing? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how you want to execute it. Like, to your point, I do think those are different things, uh, but you also have different options. Like, in Houston, yeah. our goal was to put as much talent on the floor as possible to balance our best players. Mm-hmm. And in between James and Chris Paul, uh, what do they need around them? Right. High level of defense, high level of shooting. We didn't need playmaking because those guys just overwhelmed the playmaking uh, role. Uh, but at the same time, for a coach, like you want to have the option to put lineups together that can address the need, uh, and whether that's more offense, more defense. In Houston, we were f- we were fortunate we had the depth to when we didn't have both guys on the floor, we could become more defensive if it was Chris up top with four straight defenders, right. you know, and we could become offensive with James and just shooters or runners, mm-hmm. uh, guys that could space the floor. The key for us as we build our team, and you'll see it in some of our young guys and what we're trying to develop and what Coach is trying to work on, is we want two-way players, guys that are able to simplify the game for our top guys and that as we come together to play can impact the game on both ends in efficient manners. And mm-hmm. we need to address our needs defensively. I think that's that's obvious. We've, talked, we've had the conversations, whether it's at the big spots or how do we protect the rim, how do we defensive rebound, how do we our, – our pick and roll coverage like all those factors are important and it ties into personnel in terms of being able to execute who that is going to be when it presents itself on the roster but our job in the front office is to give coach as many pieces that he feels comfortable with to blend lineups to execute our goal right so chris when you when you think about it in that way if this team defensively is going to take a jump is that going to be more a product of adjusting the personnel, whether that be new players on the team and or just rotations, or is it scheme? Which, what, or are you, is, are you gonna say it's yeah. both? Um, well, I would say this. Uh, we're gonna lean into our best players' skill strengths, whatever that might be. If we're offensively oriented, we're, that's what we're gonna try to maximize on. Mm-hmm. And then if we can get our defense up to like an average level, we feel we'll be a net positive team, right? That's, sure. that's what you have to do. You can't cannibalize your best talent by trying to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not then, again, maximizing your best players. I think it comes for us, it's gonna come down to a couple of things. Even before scheme, like, our 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 give a shit factor on defense has to go up. Sure, it just has to, right? And that's on me, and that's on our staff to just create that and more of a demanding environment defensively. It starts if we can do two things better, Dane. If we can get back in transition better, and if we can rebound the ball better, like we're going to automatically take big steps towards becoming a much better defense because those were the, the single biggest areas sure. of concern for us. And they also lead, led to the highest number of most efficient shots against us. Yeah, offensive rebounds. Yeah, and, yeah and, and easy buckets in transition. And and we have, you know, we, we've been going through defensive transition clips. Like, we, we've got some clips like – 
that just has nothing to do with scheme, you know, like just getting back, like leaving the referees alone. I mean, we have one clip where one teammate helps another one up in the middle of the transition. I mean, great. Love the, love the fact that you're helping your teammate up, but they're on a fast break. Like, get back. So we, we just have to get rid of some bad little habits. I thought that was particularly noticeable at the beginning of last season, the, the transition defense. And not to make excuses for them, but it, it totally like – because you guys are, are cross-mastering all the time, yeah. right? It, it was like the communication was so poor. And I just don't, I mean, what Grissom was training camp nine days or something mm-hmm. but before the season started. I mean, that was just, the guys just didn't even seem to, yeah. to know each other. And that, to me, that sunk the defense so far at the beginning of the season that it was like almost hard to even like to, to, to dig out of that. If we're just talking like stats wise, yeah. it was it was bad. In the, but it, it did progress well, I don't know if it, it overall statistically progressed, but there were better extended periods of time defensively yeah. later on in the season. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Coach, like our our intensity and want to to defend definitely is something we have to improve. But personnel is probably the most impactful piece. And it doesn't mean change. It doesn't mean acquisitions. It means player development. And our young guys have to mature and care about defense more. They got to know the technique. Uh, they got to execute coach's plan for them. And that's where our personnel has the biggest impact. I mean, we, we'd love to acquire, you know, the best rim protector, rebounder, athlete next to Cat that we can. And that's been a goal and a focus for us. But until the right opportunity becomes available. Uh, easier we said ha- than done. Easier said than done, but we have to do what we can with what we have. Uh, there's a number of guys on our rosters that can fill that need now that are young guys, you know, whether it's a guy like Jaden, uh, whether it's a guy even like Vanderbilt, you know, and the guys that have been in our pipeline and our program that we've developed, their ability to grow and become not only better defenders, but we know how the league works. They got to be respected. They got to be respected by their teammates and by the referees to be able to do what we need them to do. So you bring up the power forward position. Obviously, this has been a topic for for a long time, Chris. In, I mean, there is so many different guys who played power forward even even last season for this team. Um, how much of how much of a swing spot will that be for 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 your team this season in terms of? I, mean, I guess the amount of guys who could play there and the, the impact that they give you at that position um, as you sit here today and I know changes can come yeah um, where's your head at at power four well, we have the you know we have, we have great versatility we could be a you know it could be a matchup driven it could be a flex spot any given night right you know um, based on matchups uh, I don't think I've have anyone penciled in there I mean we played and finished the season with Jade in there um, he's certainly uh, capable of holding down that position. Although Seems we, like your preference would be for him to be a three, though. Yeah, we think so. Um, he's kind of a little bit more aligned that way, but he can guard, you know, pretty much. He's gigantic, by the way. Like, yeah. I, I never, I never, I mean, right, because he's been yeah. here for one year. I never yeah, I interviewed yeah. him yesterday and or two days ago. Yeah. And yeah, that was. So I, yeah. I would kind of like, I'm like, I think this kid's a, a small forward all year watching. And then I stood next to him and I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I could be, I could, could be convinced otherwise. But yeah. You have, yeah, you had so many guys. I mean, Vanderbilt played some four, Wancho played some four, yeah. Kogi played some four, right. McDaniels played some four, Nas. Yeah. And then now Torian Prince, he's played four. Yeah. So, the so we do have options and it's going to be a good battle and we have competition for that spot. And a lot of those guys actually have a defensive component and they're exactly sure. what we talked about, high impact, low usage guys. Guys, um, 
and uh, if someone wins it out outright, then we'll, we'll go with that and see how it looks. And if not, we'll, we'll keep it pretty fluid. Um, how important is it to Cat, that position? I mean, he's never expressed that it's like something that's holding him No, no, no. Back. In terms of like how much can a player having a great season as a big next to him Im- impact him? Because I think about it in yeah. the sense of, you know, it's been six years he's been in the league, bottom 10 defense all all six of those years and not really I mean even before your time Gerson like there's, there hasn't been a lot there in, in the front court next to him and so as I'm sitting here thinking in my head you know just playing the fake game of like what buttons could even we push that's a button that's never even yeah even really been hit now I, I, you know that's fair analysis Dane what I would tell you is like one player yeah fair. is not going to impact I got you the whole what we need to do is philosophy, is culture, uh, it's our approach to how we're going to defend, and that has to improve. I think I know the the unique factor with Cat is he's so special offensively that allows you to do creative things. And during our times, we've tried during my time here. I can't speak for other tenures, but you know whether it's a Robert Covington uh, who's more of a combo four than a true four. Um, you know we've talked about two bigs as well, and what does mm-hmm. that look like? Uh, finding the right guy. You know, whether it's a guy like Vanderbilt, who's a lot of energy, a lot of defense uh, and rebound. And even though he's he's a younger profile, we're we're often looking at guys that can complement him, not only defensively, but offensively. But I think it's a bigger picture focus. And and, you know, it it just it starts at different levels of the floor transition, pick and roll Mm -hmm. coverage at the rim, rebounding uh, that as a team, we have to be better. Uh, and, and all of it, including Cat, including uh, all our guys one through five, has got to be a key area of urgency uh, for us to improve to the level we want to be at. Yeah, you can't really just change defense with one player, yeah. right? Offensively, you kind of can, right? When you need to make that jump, yeah. right, coach, I mean, defensively? You can, have, you can bring in, you know, high-level rim protection, but – you know, there's not many of those guys around and they mm-hmm. tend not to be readily available, you know. There's a point at which, like, as you want to s- support Cat with this type of player next to him, at what point does, like, it start to cannibalize his special skills offensively sure. um, because they, as you know, they become less and less skilled and he has great advantage offensively at, at either four or five, but, you know, he's pretty much unguardable at the five, you know, because mm-hmm. he can shoot, take guys off the bounce and stuff like that. So it really has to be the right match. The luxury is when you have a guy like Cat is you can play so many different types of profiles next to him. <laughs> yeah, was the list seven guys? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I think about with, with Carl a lot, the Gerson backs that 2019 season, the first 20 – games or yeah. so that year until until he got sick he was he, the knee a little bit and yeah. and got got sick there i mean again because all of that transpired in these two years that to me that feels so long ago yeah. but carl came into that 2019-20 season i would say in the best shape of his career and he came out and played the best 20 games yep. of of his career and it was it was different than the, than this past season and i think the, probably the ex- I'm sure it's your guys' expectations. My expectation too is that he is back at that level that 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 he was. I mean, now he's even two years older, even further into his prime. Like, I think in in my head, that's how this team 
can can take a take a huge step forward is is through him you know last year and we might as well <laughs> with with for, particularly for Carl in all seriousness yeah. you know like throw out right and and as I envision the team growing I envision Carl looking like that and then winning even more on the margins around yeah. him that's the beauty for us of having a guy like Carl and uh, his focus on He's done the individual stuff. He's had this, the, the success uh, from a statistical perspective. It's about winning now. And his willingness to fit his game around D'Angelo or Ant or Bees or who, you know, the yeah. other guys on the floor, for him is like, how is it all going to come together? And a big part of it is, to your point, and what I've said multiple times, like, He's going to drive us, and unfortunately, the last two years with the number of games and injuries that we've lost, uh, it's really set us back in terms of our growth. Uh, the age that he's at, the stage that he's at, and his contemporaries. I think he sees the guys around him and the success that they're having, mm -hmm. and uh, he's motivated by it. I'm, I'm a big believer it's actions over words, and the actions that we've seen this offseason is him starting to work out earlier than he's ever worked out. Um, he looks like he weighs nothing anymore. <laughs> I mean, not like, or he, he cut I, a ton of weight. I don't, kind of, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he's cut, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's changed his body. He's profile. transformed his body for sure. Tell me yeah. about this. Yeah, no, he's transformed his body. Watching him work out the last couple of days, he's more nimble. He's, he has um, still plays with good power, good strength. Mm -hmm. um, so even his powerful things, right, are, you know, is like his hook. And that's more of a, like a finesse move and all those things. I, he doesn't need to be 250. No, not at all. No. He just needs to be uh, stronger for the sake of wear and tear uh, mm. over a season. Sure. Uh, the ability to impact on both ends. Uh, and his skill set is so special that now it's the ability to overpower mismatches or get to his spots, sure. um, be an even more effective uh, rebounder and defender. Uh, but it's part of the maturation. Now his body's in a place where it can do that. Um, you know, his spirit of being around the guys and doing what he can to help guys feel comfortable. And and that's the uniqueness that helps our group. And, and you know Anthony and his charismatic personality. And we haven't talked about him. <laughs> who's, who's got a good spirit. But whether it's bees or whether it's D'Lo, these guys have a, a fondness for each other and an understanding of each other where it's not like, hey, I need my 20 shots and I need my touches. To these guys, it's like, how are we going to figure this out collectively? Hmm. What's the best thing for the organization? What's the best thing for the team? And that's rare. you know. And when you have success at a high level, a lot of it doesn't happen just because it's easy. Uh, there's challenges. And we're fortunate that we're starting from a place where guys care about the right things now we got to do the right things right I mean, Chris you have to <laughs> people be like oh you know not enough basketballs to go around you know people say that all the time I'm like well if you're in one of those rosters that doesn't have a, enough basketball quote unquote basketballs to go around that means there's three or four really high level volume players and I would imagine as a coach you're like sign me up for that yeah. right and let's figure it out right yeah <laughs> figure it out how to share and, and we don't have like any volume shooters like we have guys that are multi-skilled and they like to pass and that, i mean to me yeah. that's the most important thing like it's guys being able to pass particularly in the modern game willingness to pass is one thing the ability to pass is another and they have both uh, and they play well off of each other uh, you know so 
Yeah, I, I mean, I I wasn't really too worried about um, about that at all last year, and it, it there was nothing right. in their dozen games or so that we ended up playing down the stretch that you know, raised any red flags about anyone's selfishness or wanting right. of shots. I mean, there was a few moments like late in the game on where are we going to go and who's yeah. going to be in the action, and sometimes guys were in or out of the action, but they rolled with that pretty Good. well. You know. Gerson, you, you talked about a step forward. Um, uh, sounds like a group that is very focused on, on making the playoffs. Last year, you said quote, I'd be naive to say we're playoff contending next year because that's not how it happens, especially in the West. You have to build a winning program. You have to build an identity. You have to build your DNA, and that takes time. Where are you at? How much of that were you able to build last season so as to you know, set your sights this, this season to be a playoff team? Well, it was nice to get the second half of the season last year where we actually were able to get Cat and D'Lo on the floor together. Right. You add Anthony Edwards and his maturation throughout the year, um, Jaden's growth and development uh, in our the rest of our young group growing and taking steps forward. Um, that helped. It helped. It was one of the reasons why we wanted continuity at the trade deadline. Uh, it's one of the reasons why, even though we've had some activity here um, this offseason, you know, we, for where we're at and where we want to go, a big part of this is internal growth and development. Mm -hmm. And um, we've gotten to a place now as an organization where we've got a solid base. We've got a development pipeline. We, we're bringing guys in and growing them as players. Uh, system fits around our top guys. Uh, and those are signs of progress. Uh, but the next step is winning and winning consistently and expecting to win and knowing who you are and doing it night in and night out and I really feel like that's what this offseason has been about uh, it ha it's not about guys recreating themselves it's about guys playing to their strengths minimizing their weaknesses and being who they are day in and day out when you can do those things consistently uh, over an 82 game season you have a chance to be a winning team and I feel like going into this season that's the goal um, to be a winning team. To be a winning team. To be healthy, to execute, to have those guys on the floor. What we did last year and where we finished that around 500 with no Malik Beasley uh, mm -hmm. gives us a lot of excitement. It gives Coach some options going into next year and how we're going to play and how our guys develop. Uh, but it, it was important to see that through. Sure. Uh, you know, I said it earlier, but we haven't played 82 games. You know, we weren't in the bubble. We didn't have true off seasons almost the last two off seasons. So we need repetition. We need games to grow and develop as, as our core. But it's, it's going to happen from the front end. It's our top guys leading us there. Sure. Chris, do you even think about it like that? Like season goals, are you looking – or like do you compartmentalize to, you know, the first 10 games, the 20 games, half, or, or one game? You know, yeah. how, how, do you, how do you set expectations for yourself? Um, I think our, our expectations are to be a winning team as well. Um, and after that, we get focused, we get lost in the details of what it takes to create the right habits. You know, mm. one thing I do feel that we need to do a bit better, not better job, but it, I think we, you know, we got, we got to talk way more about winning. You know, normally um, I've always been 
I never thought that like just talking about winning mattered much. I talk about like processes and doing the right things and playing hard and playing the right way. And I think that's all true and well. But, you know, now like winning has to matter to the point where it's like on the tip of your tongue all the time. You know, we play 82 games. There's been a lot of like uh, meaningless games played in the last couple seasons, you know, not just for us, but across the league for whatever reasons. It feels like we're punching the clock at times and mm -hmm. just trying to get through last season with all the protocols and everything. And like, and, and they're just, we have to instill this urgency into our team has got to win. We got to win. We got to win. We got to try how do you to win. Do, how do you do that? Well, I think it's just, you, you got to be demanding. You know, you guys, this is, you know, like last year, one of the things, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I'll tell you, you know, when, when you have a team that hasn't won and you go out and you win a game and the reason there's a letdown the next time you step on the floor is because you're relieved that you didn't lose. <laughs> right. So you automatically let your guard down because you're like, thank God we didn't lose. <laughs> Instead of that being the basis and the platform for how you should go out and perform the next game and you build upon that and then you stack these types of behaviors on top of each other and you know this is something that is the more because this is this game's about winning and it's about growing everybody's value in the marketplace and that's it there's really nothing else to what we're doing right here what and do you mean by that last part everybody wants to be uh, you know, paid more, right, you know, okay. new contract, uh, all-star, sure. you know, yada, yada. Like, that's what, you know, these guys, that's you're what You're developing these people. Yeah, yeah, you're developing their individual careers, as, and that's going to help you win, too, you know? Right. And it's, it's, there's a lot of things that go into it, but it comes down to doing those two things. Like, if you do those two things, you know, you have what everybody wants. You have high-level players winning at a high level. And they're individually growing and yeah. and all moving in the same direction that is beneficial for all all parties. Right. Yeah. And, and just to add to that, Dane, like, you know, what Coach said about the philosophical perspective on winning, that's a microcosm of where we're at as an organization. Uh, this offseason, there's been an edge on whether it's players or staff or whatever the case may be. We're not happy where we are. We know where we want to be, and that's going to take a lot of work. That's going to take a lot of consistency and a lot of execution. But you got to feel like that. You know, it can't. You can't be happy of where you're at until you get to where you want to be at. And that's something that we've preached on the court, off the court this off season is how can we be better? What do we need to do to get better? You know, health is a big part of it. Performance is a big part of it. Like, what do we do during the off season to make sure we're ready when? game one starts it's not hey we're going to get ready six weeks before the season we're not going to get ready at training camp like you got to be ready mm -hmm. and that you know unfortunately over the last two seasons things that we can control have happened things we can't control have happened it is what it is we're moving forward but those memories those losses those pains are still there it seems to add some pressure i don't necessarily mean if I don't necessarily feel like it's pressure. I think it's more urgency. Okay. Like we've invested a lot in this. We want a lot more. We have guys there uh, talent-wise, character-wise uh, that represent more. Now we got to go do it. Sure. Yeah, I feel no more pressure than I've ever felt. I just I, I want to win. Yeah. You know, and that, right. that, that like, there's not a – there's no mechanism that's going to put more pressure on us wanting to be successful than we're going to put on ourselves, mm -hmm. you know. 
Uh, and, you know, hey, listen, that, that's, winning is a relative com comment. Like, you know, are we a 60-win team? I don't think so. But what is our potential? Let's win two more games than that. And then that's a huge success for us. And if mm -hmm. we do that, we feel we're a highly relevant team in the West. Right. Yeah, the, the pressure piece comes – if you're doing things you don't believe are going to end a good results, you got a lot of pressure. Sure, Our sure, position is we've done the right things. We'll continue to do the right things. We've gotten some bad breaks, and those things just happen, whether mm -hmm. it's injuries, a pandemic, uh, lack of development cycles. Those happen. I'm extremely confident that we've done the right things. I'm extremely confident that we're building the right things. It's just the competitor, competitor in all of us that wants to win, right. and that's what our focus is. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and, and doing this. I think personally, um, I'm very excited to get to a world where we're, it's the, basketball is the main thing, right? And we are able to focus on that. We're able to be able to be in person. I know the fan base is, is that way as well. I mean, I think it's, it's been a very distant time um, in a lot of ways where everybody's like fans and stuff still have like their love for the Timberwolves, but kind of in space, you lose connection, right? I, even for me, covering the, this team and these players, like really the only guys I know at all are like Josh and Carl, you know, guys who, because I was in the locker room for, yeah. for a whole year and I'm, I'm excited, for, I guess, selfishly for that, a, a reconnection to the game and really to just put away what last year was. I don't think that was a very good, not just not just for the Timberwolves, good. but for the NBA. Life I don't think sure. it was a, yeah. you know life, what I mean? Life in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's been Delta very, very like, knockout wood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of great stories in, in the NBA. and um, Yeah. And take nothing away from any of those in the last two years, but it's also very hard to know what's really real and what has happened is sure. sustainable or repeatable so you know i think that gives us as good a chance as anyone to be you know a consistent performer going forward mm -hmm. the other thing i would add is you're hitting on some real life uh realities uh, that it's nice that we can talk about the alternative like i mean we had close to 10,000 people at a open scrimmage for summer league last week and Minnesota is an incredible sports town we miss our fans our fans miss us it's a great basketball market uh, we're excited that our guys are going to be able to come on the court hopefully have the opportunity in front of a, uh, you know fans uh, to do what they do best and have our fans be able to be part of it and I'll tell you it, it impacts the fans as much as it impacts the players our right. guys were so excited. Our guys were so happy. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Players have routines. Uh, people have routines. Over the last more than a year, those routines have been shattered. Mm -hmm. And getting back to some of that normalcy, as normal as it can be, is going to be good for all of us right. on the court and off the court. Well, I'm excited. And for somehow, for some reason, we didn't really talk about Ant that much. Maybe that's because I feel like I've talked to both of you guys about him <laughs> extensively. But uh, I, I think that is a major point of, of excitement for this team. I think the fan base um, is excited to see what's next, even in t tomorrow in the Summer League game, right? Like putting some things behind us, moving forward in a new direction. Chris Gerson, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. And, you know, now that we are allowed within – six feet of each other I, I, look, <laughs> I look forward to uh to, to talk to you again and uh yeah we'll we'll talk to you soon thanks, thanks dave appreciate it
never stop, yeah Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let Santos ever out, will bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah, yeah Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.